Hello, welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey, Jonathan, how's it going? You know how we didn't have a whole lot of news last week, Amy? Well, we made up for it this week. Holy smokes, did we ever. And uh, it's weird how this happens. It seems to happen all the time. We'll have a slow week, and then we'll just have a week that is... I mean, literally, we have probably four or five stories this week that could have been the top story. And we're not even getting into the the tornado that just hit uh, Oklahoma Baptist University last night. Right. That's a whole other thing. Which is crushing. And I know it'll probably be next week before we really have are able to talk about all the stories from that. Um, But just amazing. We're recording this on Thursday this week because of just hectic schedules. So very uh, tough. Yeah. But uh, just really our thoughts and prayers are out to our friends and uh, at Oklahoma Baptist University, Heath Thomas, the president there, good friend of the pod. And wow. Um, Amy, incredibly enough, I'm not hearing or seeing any reports of fatalities or injuries on campus. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just intense building damage, but at least what I've heard so far is, is good in terms of just human life. The Lord was their shelter last night um, because wow, what, what a uh, devastating tornado there on the campus at Oklahoma Baptist University. Again, like you said, we'll probably have more information uh, just now getting pictures out from the campus and they are not good. So uh, we'll probably have more information on that next week on the podcast, but we've We've got a full podcast without that news, though, this week. Uh, before we do that, do want to thank our sponsor each and every week, the Baptist Press Newsletters. If you're looking to stay informed and engaged in the latest missions, discipleship, leadership, and political happenings across the SPC, you can subscribe to these weekly newsletters that offer insightful and thought-provoking content that will deepen your understanding and strengthen your faith. You can sign up for these four valuable resources over at baptistpress.com slash subscribe. That's baptistpress.com slash subscribe. Amy? We start with a former SBC president, Charles Stanley, who passed away this past week at 90 years old. Wow, this was a big, big story. Um, I was uh, in a meeting and got the text from you. You were the first person that I heard from on this, um, but it news traveled very fast. And, you know, as you said, uh, age 90 and had been in, you know, f- declining health for a little while, but still what a big what a big loss yeah absolutely uh, charles stanley presided over the two largest southern baptist convention annual meetings in history yes. both of them over 40,000 people right and that 1985 meeting which was over 45,000 is uh, understood to be to the best of our knowledge the largest not just the largest SBC annual meeting but the largest deliberative body in history yes and, and, and I would say probably one of the most pivotal conventions in SBC history. Oh, 100%. It, it, it's I, in the top two or three. 95 is abs- a big one. Yes. So was uh, 85. So. Right. Yeah. But but 85 was one where in the middle of kind of the battle lines that had been drawn, you know, 85 was the where things I think really clearly tipping were, were tipping. Yeah. And uh, there was a lot of controversy over a ruling in that one. Um, and so it's, uh, it, it, it was very significant. Um, but Charles Stanley, you know, we, those of us who really talk a lot about, you know, 
SBC history, we really think about those years. But for most people, it really is his ministry at First Baptist Atlanta, his television ministry, the way uh, so many people grew up hearing his preaching in their homes. Um, Honestly, uh, so obviously Billy Graham is a figure in so many people's lives. But in terms of an actual pastor of a church, I would say Adrian Rogers and Charles Stanley would be the two that most people would say this he was a, a regular in my home on the on the television or yeah. on the radio. Yeah, one hundred languages across one hundred and fifty countries in touch ministries or broadcast. That that is wow. That is crazy. And he he's been kind of quote unquote retired, I guess you could say, uh, for a few years. He he passed the torch at First Baptist Atlanta to Anthony George uh, just three years ago and entered a uh, pastor emeritus role there at the church. Uh, but uh, you know he's been on TV since the seventies. Uh, it started in 1972 as the Chapel Hour on a pair of Atlanta TV stations and a radio station and subsequently moved over to TBS, the home of the Braves. There for, you go. For a long, long time. Yeah. And then to CBN. And then in 1977, they renamed it to In Touch Ministries. And just, you know, it took off from there. And it's hard not to find him on TV. If you're looking for it, like that, that's the thing. It's, it's not just on Sunday mornings, not just, you know, random, like you can flip around the TV and almost always find Charles Stanley on TV on some channel. It's, it's wild. I mean, he he has been in the homes of many over the years and, uh, he led first Baptist Atlanta for nearly 50 years. And, uh, like we said, he retired in back in, uh, 2020 at age 87, moved into that pastor emeritus role. So a life and legacy of ministry that Southern Baptists uh, appreciate and will not forget. Now, here's something I did not know that I learned from the Baptist press release that I didn't realize he published two books of uh, photography. Yes. Yeah, there's a story. Yeah. He, he, he spoke to the right. uh, photography conference a few years ago here at the building. Really, really cool. And uh, he served on the Peace Committee. Uh, we, we remember that back in the, uh, the mid-80s and, you know, just, you know, a, a staple in the 80s and 90s in the SBC and obviously a staple in homes across the world, thanks to In Touch Ministries. So prayers to his family, his son, Andy. Obviously, many of you uh, know Andy Stanley of North Point Ministries. Uh, he also has a daughter, three grandchildren, and six great-grandchildren. So um, a, a big loss in Southern Baptist world this week with the passing of Charles Stanley. Yes. So, Amy, we move on to trustee meetings. Last week, right. we, we kind of got started with the spring trustee meetings at the seminaries with the Midwestern Report. This week, we have four more trustee recaps. Amy, we start at Southwestern, where the big news out of there, they elected a new president, David Dockery, has had the That's interim right. tag lifted off of him. O.S. Hawkins is also going to become the chancellor. So Dockery is president, Hawkins is chancellor. Yes. So this makes David Dockery the 10th president of Southwestern Seminary. And I guess that would be the fourth one in my time in, in Southern Baptist life. Because when I um, when I really came into things, Ken Hemphill was there. Yeah. So uh, so he, he, but he will be the 10th total. And as you said, O.S. Hawkins will be chancellor. Their elections were unanimous to do that. So I think, uh, help me understand what, how the two roles will work. Jonathan. I don't know. I, I haven't, I haven't figured that out yet. Sorry. <laughs> well, I think a lot of times then it, it, my understanding in higher ed, like the chancellor is a lot of, you know, external face and yeah. connecting with people outside the institution. So that okay, will so, be. All right. So Amy, in the story, it mentions that Hawkins, He's going to continue to serve as a volunteer. So this chancellor role is not a paid position. It's a volunteer role. He reports to Dockery and provides counsel 
offers support and guidance, develops contacts, raises funds, and brings his influence, credibility, and goodwill and gravitas to so the external. seminary community. Yeah. So a so, lot yeah. of external external mm -hmm. relationships. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. There you go. So they just kind of made it official, I guess, with uh, making Dockery officially the president, making Hawkins officially a, a chancellor position there. So Dockery is no stranger to Southern Baptist. He served as the president at Union University, also the president at Trinity International University, served with Dr. Moeller in the early 90s at Southern Seminary before going on to there. He's also served as the president of the Evangelical Theological Society and board chair for the Council for Christian Colleges and Universities, the Christian College Consortium, and the Consortium for Global Education. So a lifetime of service in higher education, and that continues at Southwestern as he is the new president. So we do have some other news, though, from the trustee meeting there. They announced Advance Southwestern 2030. Yeah, so this is a new uh, institutional plan. It's an update of a, an academic plan that was already adopted in 2021, um, but it was just expanded on. And so the interim administration, faculty, staff, a lot of people came together to say, how do we move into the future? So Advanced Southwestern 2030 um, is 39 page document and uh, just kind of takes, I think says it takes where they are and is uh, pointing to the future thinking through. So it's just planning ahead, strategic plan. Yeah. So budget for fiscal year 2024 of $35.9 million was approved, which is similar to the current fiscal year, uh, which is approved by the board in its fall meeting. And they also approved a capital budget for 2024 with a list of priority items in deferred maintenance to address as possible with approval from the business administration committee. So uh, they sold, uh, remember, sold Carroll Park Apartments recently, got an $11 million acquisition of 15 acres for that property and uh, sold that to the city of Fort Worth. Covered that a few weeks ago on the podcast. And uh, here's a neat note, Amy. They have detailed an agreement with Prestonwood Baptist Church over in Plano, that's where Jack Graham's a pastor, to use seminary property for the purpose of establishing a pregnancy care center for women and expanding the Prestonwood Pregnancy Center's ministry to Fort Worth. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, they also elected new officers, which we don't always talk about this uh, for trustee boards, but I'm just going to go ahead and say right. Jonathan Richard from New Mexico was uh, elected chairman. Robert Brown from Tennessee elected vice chairman. And Angela Duncan, long time, long time, close, close friend of Amy Whitfield, was elected secretary. So I congratulations. I got an email from her this morning. Did you? Yeah. I got to call her. Well, I got to call her back about something. So we were uh, at like all at Southern Seminary together oh. in the same church and in uh, just living there. And um, she was at the hospital when Mary was born. So hmm. great, great friend. So all congratulations right. to Angela. Yes. Also a lot of faculty appointments. And honestly, uh, we, we can't get to them all. We've <laughs> There are a lot. So they did a lot of trustees. Congratulations a lot of faculty. to all Congratulations the to all the faculty. All the so, people. Yes. So we've got a couple more to go to. We move to your neck of the woods, Amy, where Southeastern trustees met and elected faculty and elected a new provost. That's right. So uh, faculty elections, as as you mentioned, Miguel Echevarria as Associate Professor of New Testament and Greek, Scott Hildreth as Associate Professor of Missiology, and Ben Holloway as Assistant Professor of Philosophy and History of Ideas. So I got to give a side note. Um, when they are elected, a lot of times these are folks who have been appointed, they're there on a contract, but being elected to the faculty is a more, you know, has some some permanent students, a trustee action. Ben Holloway, who teaches in the college, um, 
he is British. And all I could think about was it does not matter what he says. He is going to nail that interview. Like he's yeah. just going to talk and they're going to be like, you got it. You got the spot. Cause that's all that, all that you need. But yeah, so they were elected, but you're right. They did elect a new provost, Scott Pace, who has been Dean of the college at Southeastern um, elected new provost because Keith Whitfield is uh, going and transitioning into a full-time faculty role. So uh, we got to wake for, Forest about 11 years ago, and we uh, we got there for Keith to join the faculty, for it to be a full uh, faculty role, and he moved into administrative roles six months after we arrived, and it's been um, 10 years of administration, and so, wow. uh, yeah, yeah, so, and, and great- He's got tenure. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Uh, So, and it's been a wonderful, wonderful experience um, serving, but then uh, just doing a lot of praying and thinking about next things in January, he went and said, um, I think I would like to be transitioned to, to teaching full-time. And so I also will be part-time on the summit staff, getting some local church. Uh, It's been a long time since he has served at the local church level, done some interims and things like that. But that's where our heart uh, really has been from the beginning of, you know, ministry calling us to the local church. So it'd be an opportunity uh, for that as well. Um, But it, you know, the last few months since finally, uh, you know, coming to the decision, this is going to be the next step. We've just been, you know, this was the week to actually, it's out there. So, uh, so really excited for the future, but excited for Scott Pace as well. Yeah. So, so congrats to Scott on that other news from the trustee meeting passed and approved a $31.37 million budget for the next fiscal year, which is a 2.28% annual budget increase and dedicated a pavilion. Yes. Ty Williams Memorial Pavilion. Where is this on campus? So when you come, when so when you come into the main entrance there at Staley, it's just right over to the left. It's on kind of a big lawn. So kind of in that lawn area right there to the left of the parking. Okay, and it is so beautiful. You know, it's really special, especially for those of us in the campus community who know and love the Williams family. Um, this it was a, a really tragic, accidental uh, uh, situation in some storms, and was a tough, tough thing, and. So to see this beautiful pavilion and Ty was 11 years old when he died and and he loved to just run around and to play. I think he loved being outside. And so it's a, a really special thing to for him and his his dad, who is uh, uh, on staff at Southeastern, he's the facilities director. So even just the construction of this got to be a real labor of love uh, for Travis overseeing that. And so it's going to be a wonderful legacy yeah. for him. Very cool. And yeah. Uh, yeah, we we talked about that uh, story when it happened a few years ago here on the podcast. So good to see yeah. uh, them memorialize Ty in that way. And uh, I know that's going to be a special place there on the campus at Southeastern. All right, over to Southern we go. Amy got a little bit of a scare over the weekend when news of yeah. Dr. Moeller being hospitalized for blood clots in his lungs broke right on the kind of the right before trustee meeting happened, but he was able to make it out of the hospital was released and was able to actually make it to the trustee meeting. Now, and I got to tell you this, this photo 
that is Josh Powell, the chairman of the trustees, giving a nice suit, uh, Josh. By a, the way, a, 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 yes, a document, a framed document to Dr. Moeller, um, honoring him. I, I want to say I'm not surprised, having known Dr. Moeller now for you know twenty over twenty three years. I'm not surprised that he was in a full suit, but really, I mean, I just want to be clear. If I am ever in the hospital for several days, and I, I. I will not be dressed up. Do not expect that. It won't it won't happen. No hose and, and heels, any, huh? And anyone would have been excused for being in like you know sweats or just something really casual, but he did exactly what you would expect from Dr. Dr. Mueller doesn't own and looks sweats. Amazing. How dare you? And and so I'm amazed when I look at that picture though for someone who's just been in the hospital. So You're just uh, going to ignore I, my comment. Yeah. Okay. All right. Not so. even not even. You're out. You are on your own. He doesn't own sweats. You are on your own. So, I'm so. just telling you what I would be. I would be in sweats. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. Well, uh, we we are thankful that Dr. Moeller's health is improving and continues to improve. He released another statement last night about that, and uh, just a, a testament to his dedication to Southern uh, that he was able to make it there at their board meeting. They approved an operating budget of fifty-two point three million dollars for the next fiscal year, which is a 3.6% increase from this past year. Uh, they also elected three faculty members, Paul Aiken, Kyle Clonch, and Adam Howell to associate professor positions and approve a sabbatical leave for Eamon Ibrahim, Adam Howell, Timothy Paul Jones, and Melissa Tucker. So uh, a short trustee recap from Southern, uh, but a good meeting and good to see Dr. Moeller out of the hospital and once again in attendance at their trustee meeting. Our final trustee meeting is down in New Orleans where Bart Barber was on hand to participate in a serve day with some of the trustees there. Yeah, he was. So uh, that's that's where he he was. It was at the end of the meeting. And so a lot of trustees who were able to, you know, for their schedule, got to stay and be a part of that. But it was a, uh, I think, a very good trustee meeting. They appointed um, two faculty additions, Don Wilton, who just retired from First Baptist Spartanburg, and Ted Williams. Not that not Ted the Williams. Te- not that Ted Williams, but. They wheeled him out uh, of that cryogenic chamber. Yeah. Pastor of Galilee Baptist Church in Zachary, Louisiana. And uh, so he was actually appointed associate vice president of auxiliary services and assistant professor of expository preaching. And then uh, Don Wilton is ministry-based professor of preaching and pastoral ministries. So um, so Don Wilton, one of the first Southern Baptist pastors I knew of, because when I was in college before I was in uh, SBC, he, I was at Converse College in Spartanburg, South Carolina, and he was the pastor there uh, downtown. So yeah. A couple other yep. actions. They approved a Korean track and a Spanish track for their Bachelor of Arts in Church Ministry. That's over at the Level College area of the seminary. And also approved, Amy, check this out, a DMIN for Ministry to Women specialization. Very cool. At the seminary. So really cool there. I bet Tara Dew's all up involved in that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's such an important thing now because truly, I mean— a, a demon, it's a professional doctorate. It's for people who are in the field already to be able to then take their work and kind of put it toward a professional doctorate. And now, you know, so many churches now have women in those capacities, you know, that serving yeah. in ministry to women. And so it's a way for them to expand their education yes. and what they're doing. All right, Amy, final news note this week comes to us via the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board, as well as the ERLC, where 
ERLC President Brent Leatherwood, TBMB Executive Director Randy Davis, along with 13 Tennessee pastors, 11 of them Southern Baptists, are urging the support of Governor Bill Lee's proposal to, quote, strengthen our state's order of protection laws to protect the broader population for those who are in danger to themselves or others related to gun violence. Uh, Brent Leatherwood, I don't think we've mentioned this on the podcast, Amy, but Brent's children, their students, at Covenant Christian School, uh, where the shooting last month was, uh, the March 27th mass shooting at, at the, the school here in Nashville. And uh, we, I don't think we mentioned it on here. His children were safe, but, uh, you know, obviously made an impact on him, his family, and, and many of us here in the yeah, Middle it's Tennessee Yeah, it's a traumatic, a traumatic event in, yeah. their li- in the life of their family. So. so they're wanting to see the government take steps to help end this epidemic of gun violence. And uh, they feel that Governor Lee's proposal does just that. So they are urging legislatures to join in the support of that. Joining Davis and Leatherwood uh, were Mike Glenn, uh, many of you know, pastor, senior pastor of Brentwood Baptist, the outgoing pastor of Brentwood Baptist. Um, That's right. He's retiring soon, uh, just named his replacement. Also uh, joining that were Robbie Gallaty, many of you know, the Long Hollow Church up in Hendersonville. He's a pastor there. Nathan Parker, my pastor, and several others from around the area, uh, Mark Satterfield, uh, Brant Wagner, uh, many folks I know uh, know him. He's a pastor out in Lebanon. So uh, a, a lot of uh, information about that over at Baptist Press, and that letter can be found as well, linked at Baptist Press. Yeah, and just for context on this, this is where, as you said, a proposal has come from Governor Bill Lee to the legislature. And so these pastors and leaders are stepping in because the legislature gets, a ch- I mean, they, they have to choose whether they're going to put it forward, really. And so this is them kind of coming around the proposal that's already going. And so it's more than just a like, hey, we're just going to do this sort of open letter. It's an active conversation that is going on. Um, and there's, you know, references in there to some recent SBC resolutions, things like that to say, we support this and uh, we want to kind of put put our um, put our names behind it. So those letters are, I think, helpful to read. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, that's going to do it for the news this week. Bring me to my favorite part of the week this week in SBC history. Amy, blow our minds. All right. We're going to go to 1958. And, uh, you know, every now and then I just got to throw in one that's just kind of cute. That's all, you know, nothing, nothing real special, monumental. Like I don't have a. Uh, okay. Um, I don't have a lead in to the annual meeting, anything like that. It was just, uh, think about the emails that you get every now and then, Jonathan. In well, I get some role. doozies. I got one today. Well, so I'm not even going to ask you about that. Okay. But in 1958, there was a, a, a little story about the editor of the Arkansas Baptist, um, Erwin McDonald. And it says he uh, he smiled as he read the first statement in a letter he received, but the second section perhaps left him perplexed. And this is all it said. You are, I believe, doing a good job. So that's kind of nice, right? I believe you're doing a good job. Oh, and then it said, but I am not an authority on that or anything else. And that was it. That's all it said? And it was anonymous. That's it. And so he published it as a letter to the editor and said a cautious word and the writer preferred to be known as, so I guess it wasn't completely anonymous for Erwin McDonald, but it was anonymous for everyone. It was signed, but name withheld. So I want to know how that compares to letters that you've gotten. I've gotten you a lot are, of strange believe, ones. 
you are, I believe, doing a good job, but I am not an authority on that or anything. Hey, I'll take it. I'll take it. Authority yeah. or not. If you think I'm doing a good it's job, nice. I appreciate it. So the headline was, well, thanks anyway for writing to me. That also tells me that was the second story on April 19th, 1958 for Baptist Press. So um, slow news day, huh? So in 2023, it's been a uh, it's not been a slow news week but in 1958 it was a very slow news week this week in SBC history why would you publish that I don't know I mean like I get why they would publish it in Arkansas but why do you pick that up and run it on the wire like they did that's hilarious they that did. is hilarious what was the first so, news piece at least hopefully it was something newsy a literacy drive oh, at Baylor okay. hey Donna Gaines would appreciate that yes she would Yes, she would. Just a literacy ministry over in Memphis for those uninitiated. Right, right. So. There's also a story about Jones Creek Baptist Church from Georgia uh, with 116 members that it says they boast they have a new air conditioned building and pastorium. So I guess that's a parsonage. Yeah. All the gift, all the gift of a man who moved away to make his fortune. So somebody moved away to Jacksonville. I need more information there. It doesn't say I how he made more. his fortune. It doesn't. I need more. It, it, it just says he gave money and he was raised in the church. His dad was a Sunday school superintendent. His grandfather was a Sunday school superintendent. His great grandfather joined the church a year after it was organized, but he obviously made his fortune and gave it back to the church and they built an air conditioned building. So, also in the news that week was Jones Creek Baptist Church has air conditioning, basically. Yes. Hey, you know, I bet I bet I know how he made his fortune. How? He built helipads for churches. <laughs> for 2006? Yes. For people to put their flying cars on? The future, future, future. Yes, there you go. There you go. So, all right, so. well done. All right, Amy, that's going to bring us to our resources of the week. Your resource of the week is? Mine is one that I think I may have already used, but I'm going to bring it back again. So this week, I'm recording this from Ridgecrest Conference Center, where uh, the Baptist Communicators Association just had their workshop. And I took home some awards, by the way. Congratulations. I actually had to miss the awards ceremony because uh, we also have a, a summit. Um, there was a One, staff uh, event going on here. So I can't wait to hear that hasn't been published online yet. So I didn't actually get to be in the room for the awards, but I did for one of the like keynote slots. I interviewed Bob Smetana ah. from uh, friend of the at, pod. That's right. Friend of the pod. He's at currently at religious news service, but for years he was at the Tennessean. He was at Lifeway, uh, all that. And I interviewed him about his book. So um, his book is called Reorganized Religion, The Reshaping of the American Church and Why It Matters. And it really is about the change in America, the demographic change, population change, things like that, and what the impact of that is on the American church. And uh, we had a great conversation. It was wonderful, but it just brought back the contribution of his book to me. So if you haven't gotten it, I recommend it. Reorganize Religion. All right. That's really cool. Bob's great. His book is really good too. So I agree with you on that. So my resource of the week is a Spotify playlist. And you know, Amy, you know me, you know how ironic it is that I'm recommending a Spotify playlist yes. because I don't use Spotify, but James Cheeseman does. And he's leading worship at the 2023 SBC annual meeting. And he has created a Spotify playlist for folks to learn the songs be familiar with the songs. It's stuff you probably already know anyway, but 
prepare your heart, prepare your voice, I guess you could say, for worship at the 2023 annual meeting with the Spotify playlist. And I'll link to that in the show notes. And uh, it's over in the uh, the Road to New Orleans. He was the guest this week on the Road to New Orleans. Guess who's on Very next cool. week, Amy? You're a big fan. I know. Next week. Who? Tara Dew. Yay! My so, favorite. Two Tara Dew mentions today on the podcast. And, but, an, and an Angela Duncan mention. Yeah, this is I like know. my day. We can get yeah. Beth Holmes on here. You know, we'll be set. There we go. All hey, set. Well, actually, yep. do I do have news from Beth Holmes. It's not published yet. It'll be talked about a little bit next week on the podcast, but we have the SBC annual meeting schedule. So All right. the actual business, the order of business, Beth Holmes on the Committee on Order of Business. That's right. And um, so we'll uh, we'll have that out later today, I believe. So it just didn't make it in time for publication here. Right. Uh, yeah. But we had a lot. We had a lot to talk about anyway this week. So it's good. Yeah. So, but yeah, check out the Spotify playlist again. Road to New Orleans available. Uh, SBCAnnualMeeting.net. You can find all of that at, uh, uh, over at the website. Register for all the events. Uh, got a lot of events coming online now. Registration. So uh, fill up your schedule and download the app. You got everything you need there. So. Uh, check it out. And uh, Amy, I, I think that's going to do it for our show this week. A full show, a lot of news this week, some sad news, some tragic news uh, from yeah. Oklahoma Baptist University and uh, some good news from our seminaries. So that's right. Kind of a, a little bit of everything this week. A little bit of everything. So, all right. Well, Amy, see you next week. See you next week. <laughs>